This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's my music. Break it down. It's the king. Oh, you didn't know? Stand back. I'm a master. Mamacita. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Eat me. Let's you're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 147 and it's about the themes of Seamus. And today I am joined by another Irish icon, he is one of the hosts of Days of Thunder, also on the VOW Network. Once again, it's Lee Malone. Hello again, Lee. I'm, I'm going to add that to uh, my list of monikers on Days of Thunder now, the Irish icon. <laughs> uh, I am very good, sir. How are you doing this fine uh, weekend? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for asking. Uh, good to have you back on here, of course, as always. And uh, yeah, I know uh, last uh, time uh, you were... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was I was told that when, when you uh, come on three times, you get a special plaque. Uh, it's in the mail. Oh, yeah, okay. it, it might take a while to get there, unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, you'll, you'll get it sooner or later, I'm sure, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, last time you were on here, Lee, uh, was well over a year ago at this point, and uh, since then, uh, you've had another kid, a daughter. So uh, yeah, a belated congrats to you on that, my friend. Yeah, it's actually coming up to our first birthday, so yeah. <laughs> and fu- funny story about that was uh, I was actually doing a podcast with uh, Gareth and Liam, a special crossover podcast between uh, You've Got to Be Kidding Me and Days of Thunder. And it was like three days before Grace was born and Garrett had no idea that my wife was even pregnant. <laughs> and afterwards he was like, uh, what are you doing podcasting about WWA when you should be in the hospital? <laughs> Listen, someone has to cover, you know, Road Dog and Brian Christopher and the Fruits and Suits, all all the legends of WWA. Someone's got to do it there, Lee. It's got to be you, I guess. So, <laughs> The legendary Fruits and Suits. Yes, of course, of course. Well, well, congrats again, and um, thank you very much. I, I'm, I'm sure you can't wait to introduce her to you know Mike Enos and Vincent and Stevie Ray, the the whole gang, Lee. Right? Come on. <laughs> I've already put my son through enough uh, thunder, more thunder than any child should ever have to watch. So uh, I'm not gonna <laughs> sub, uh, put Gray through that as well. So okay, fair enough, fair enough. I'm I'm just saying, like, if her first word isn't Mongo, then what's the <laughs> point, right? It's it's a it's a waste of a first word there, Lee. Right? Come on. It'll be either that or Larry chanting Larry. Larry. <laughs> Just whisper to her in her sleep, Mongo Spike, <laughs> Pepe the dog. You know, get, get her while she's young, man. Come on, come on. Got to do it there. But <laughs> but, um, but anyway, uh, Lee, uh, you are, of course, from Ireland. And mm-hmm. uh, we've done yep. a couple episodes already about some Irish people in wrestling. Uh, Finn Balor, of course. Uh, the McMahon family, also of Irish descent. And now we're completing the trifecta here with another Irish wrestler, Seamus. Uh, the Celtic Warrior, uh, the Great White, which uh, not the best nickname in my opinion there, but uh, <laughs> but but actually I didn't realize this until very recently. This year is the 20th anniversary of Sheamus's debut in wrestling. Uh, he debuted in 02, and uh, he got injured early on, 
and took a little bit of a break, and he came back in like 04. But yeah, he's been wrestling for 20 years now. So a good time to do an episode about him, I'd say. And uh, obviously the large bulk of his career has been in WWE, but he did spend some time, you know, on the indies before that, uh, including Irish whip wrestling in Ireland. And uh, Lee, since you live in Ireland yourself, uh, did you ever go to Irish whip wrestling back in the day and see Seamus on some shows? I went to many an Irish whip wrestling show. Uh, I was actually an Irish whip wrestling trainee at one point. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and it was at the time that Seamus would have been there most of most weekends. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen SOS as he was at the time wrestle a lot. You know, there's some alternate timeline out there where you're on WWE TV every week as a featured star. And he's sitting here with me doing a podcast about your theme music. It's oh. it's possible, Lee. I'm just saying it's possible. Oh, no, no. That, that, that was never, ever, ever possible. <laughs> <laughs> if you think Dominic Mysterio is bad, Jesus. <laughs> You've never seen me take a bump. I'll, uh, I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, if you go on YouTube... You can find some matches of Seamus in Irish whip wrestling against, like, you know, Vampiro and, and Wade Barrett or whatever. And it's weird to see him, A, so young and, and with normal hair or whatever, <laughs> and and B, outside of WWE. Because, you know, like I said, he's been in WWE forever. You know, it's like him, Dolph, Miz, and Kofi. They're like the elder statesmen of the company at this point. And he's done pretty much everything you can do in WWE as well. You know, world champion, U.S. champion, tag champion. He won the Rumble, Money in the Bank, King of the Ring. You know, he, he beat John Cena for the belt within, like, what, six months of his main roster debut? It was a tables match, of course. It wasn't, like, an actual, like, definitive win over John Cena. But still, they gave him the belt pretty quickly. And he's been a featured guy, you know, ever since for over 13 years at this point. It's, it's pretty crazy, Lee. Yeah, he, he beat Cena for the belt, obviously lost the, the title in the run-up to WrestleMania or whatever, and then had, like, a WrestleMania feud with Triple H. Like, he he was instantly, he was never anything other than a top guy for a long time. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, like, it's it's amazing. Like, we never had any Irish um, WWE stars up until Sheamus. And now there's, what, there's Becky, there's Finn and there's somebody else in nxc um, <laughs> but uh um but yeah there's it's it's amazing like for such a small a small country to have somebody be so prominent for as you say like the, the guts of what the last 17 years pretty much uh, well no it's, he was on what the main roster in 2009 so the last what 14 years 14 15 years so 13 years 13 yeah. years is it? um Never do math on on a podcast, um, but yeah, no, it, it it it's really great to see, and he's still one of the best in WWE as um as witnessed by his matches with Gunther this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's someone who I appreciate a lot more nowadays than I did back then. Like, I never hated Sheamus, but I never really held him in high regard compared to you know other guys I liked a lot more. And the booking didn't help him either, really. Uh, you know, him beating Brian in 18 seconds at Mania that one year, I mm. wasn't a big fan of that one. And um, we'll get to the League of Nations later on, of course. But uh, but but stuff like that—that that was the booking. That wasn't him. And over time, I've grown to really appreciate him as this guy who just you know kick some ass like like you said those Gunther matches recently were pretty awesome because they just beat the crap out of each other and it's cool because you know Sheamus is 
milk bottle white. So those chop marks from Gunther are going to show up real nicely there, Lee. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you, you get a nice uh, a nice idea of just how hard Gunther hits. But I, I really do think that Seamus is somebody that when eventually people are insane enough to go back and rewatch Raw over the last like I say, 10 years, Seamus is somebody that will really come out of it looking well and be a lot more appreciated maybe in the future than he was at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, personally, I would love to see Seamus in like a G1 against, you know, Shingo or Ishii or those guys and, or maybe a Noah with Goshi, Izaki and Kano or whatever. But look, at this point, he's 44 years old. He's 20 years in. I think he's going to be a WWE lifer there, you know, until the end. And and why not? Again, he's been a featured guy there more or less his entire run. Uh, he has his own group now, the Brawling Brutes with, you know, Ridge Holland and our good pal Butch. So, um, yeah, I think he'll just be a WWE guy until it's time to, you know, retire there, Lee. Yeah, I, I can't see him ever leaving. He, it, like, when he was growing up, it was all about WWE. There was nothing other than WWE. So I'm sure he's happy and he's made a lot of money um doing what he's doing and i don't see him ever kind of walking away from that so let's get to these themes here uh we have five on the docket and uh, we'll start off in irish whip wrestling uh, that was seamus's home base in the mid-2000s there uh, he was also their inaugural champion actually and uh he was known as as you said there earlier lee sos seamus o'shaughnessy which um i want to bring this up now actually i had always thought that Sheamus got the spelling of Sheamus, S-H-E-A-M-U-S, in WWE. Because, you know, I'm not Irish, but as far as I know, the name Sheamus is traditionally spelled S-E-A-M-U-S. Like Sean Connery or Sean Bean, S-E-A-N. Same sound. So I thought Vince saw the name Sheamus and was like, well, goddamn, pal, put an H in there. We can't call him Seamus. <laughs> Uh, but no, apparently the H was around long before he was in WWE. That, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, as far as I know, it, it's traditionally spelt with a an SE, but maybe there are people out there that have SH. But yeah, no, he al- he was always SH, Seamus O'Shaughnessy, yeah. Hmm, interesting, interesting, yeah. Well, um, in any event, uh, Seamus' theme in IWW is by Alan Doyle and Fergal Davis, and it's called The Irish Curse. I bring the pain with a fistful of fury on the judge, the jury, and you've just been sentenced. When I wrote these words, I meant to send this message to all. You rise against me, you'll fall. You're messing with the SOS, means you're messing with the best. I must confess, I leave your body in distress, cause I've been blessed to take a right down. Here's the storm from Dublin town. Well, I've seen the worst, it's the Irish curse. To enter the ring, would you be leaving worse? Needing a nurse, cause I got the thirst to come first in the worst way. Cause the day is my day, so what do you say? So what do you say? Well, let me hear you now, now, what do you say? So what do you say? So what do you say? Well, let me hear you now, now, what do you say? Stand up and you're gonna get fucked down. Coming straight from a Dublin town. So I had never heard this song before, and I didn't really know what to expect. And uh, I'll be honest, aggressive tribal rap was a bit at a left field to me, um, especially for Seamus, who doesn't come off as a real big rap guy of any sort. But um, regardless, you know, we still have the tribal drums and the battle horn and the oh and all that. 
that's definitely in line with, you know, Seamus being the Celtic warrior, which he's been for all these years. It's just, you know, when you add, stand up and you're gonna get put down, coming straight from the double in town, that's, that's the jarring bit to me, you know? Yeah, I, I have no memory at all of Seamus having this, this, uh, rap song, bring them to the ring, um, as best I can possibly say is that, like, in late, like, 2004, um, he was spending a lot of time in the UK doing like the wrestling channel stuff. I'm sure everyone that listens to the show is familiar with uh, the wrestling channel that was around for a long time in the UK and Ireland. And um, I would think that somebody through Deer kind of hooked him up and got him his own specific team song. And this is what they came up with. Because, yeah, I, I cannot ever recall Seamus coming out to rap at an IWW show that I attended um, but yeah no this is it just doesn't work for uh, for especially white guy Seamus with his kind of heat heat slater type haircut um, <laughs> it just doesn't work does it? It's odd yeah I mean lyrically it's pretty standard stuff don't mess with me I'm the best I got the people behind me all that kind of stuff it's it's no too many limes or a lobster head of course but what is really but um <laughs> But I will say these are very safe lyrics, no cursing, no explicit violence whatsoever. And there is one part where it's like, so what do you say? So what do you say? Well, let me hear you now. Now, what do you say? So what do you say? So what do you say? Well, let me hear you now. Now, what do you say? Not the strongest lyrics in the world, I don't think, there, Lee. <laughs> no, I don't think this is going to win any uh, any awards for uh, originality. That That's what makes me think it was just purely a a hookup through the wrestling channel that they just got this thrown together and it was something they could put on the uh on between shows like kind of they do these kind of adverts for different wrestlers so like they'd have one for Samoa Joe with his team music they'd have Alex Shane or whatever from the UK and they'd all have their own little team music playing over it so this this is what I imagine this was made for mm-hmm. yeah I will say I am pretty impressed that we have a custom-made theme song for an Irish indie wrestler in like, but oh five, oh six, or whatever, you know, well before the Brit Rez and Irish boom, where you had like a Mikey Ruckus doing songs for indie wrestlers there. Well, here's Seamus doing it like a decade earlier with his own song. He's he's not coming out to you two or the Cranberries or the Pogues <laughs> or whatever. It's it's pretty impressively. Yeah, I, I I was trying to think in I was like I'm, I'm sure I have some IWWM either DVDs or whatever or somewhere around the house, but. And I was I was racking my brain after I started listening to this. I was like, I I cannot recall him using it. And I was trying to think of what he would have come out to. And as best I can guess is he would have been like a generic kind of welcome to the jungle type, you know, baby <laughs> face. And that's what you would normally have. So, um, but yeah, no, having, having the kind of the tailored music was a big deal. Um. But yeah, no, it's it's just I I don't think it's one that he look he will look back on fondly. I'm sure I'm sure if you sent him a link to it to, to today, he wouldn't be uh, playing that too loud in the gym. <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. Yeah. Um, my only big complaint about this is that uh, with the SOS nickname, he didn't have his own version of Kofi Kingston's theme. SOS, <laughs> I am Seamus. SOS. I am Irish. What what could have been, Lee? What could have been? Oh, so much potential. 
Yes, yes. Well, um, in 2007, Sheamus signs with WWE and goes to their developmental territory, FCW, Florida Championship Wrestling, uh, first as Sheamus O'Shaughnessy and then just as Sheamus. And pretty soon, he'd be FCW Florida Champion. How about that? And his first FCW theme is from the Extreme Music Library. This is Blues Saraceno with Air Check. song define the term 2000s wrestling video game menu music it's this one because this is as generic metal as you get just a totally forgettable dime a dozen kind of song and on the one hand i get it it's fcw it's developmental it's not a big deal but on the other hand it's sheamus and we're so used to his music having at least some sort of celtic touch in there and this doesn't it's just a standard rock song so yeah, pretty forgettable in the long run there, Lee, I'd say. Yeah, I, I got real, like, corn vibes off this. Like, a very much a, like, kind of synth metal style. Um, like you say, just total menu music on a, on a video game. Um, and it's, it's so odd that when they were bringing in, like, guys like Seamus and um, Mac, Drew McIntyre, and they were giving them just these kind of generic rock, and there was, like, no kind of no link to their actual gimmicks of being the Irish guy, the Scottish guy, or whatever, and you would think they would have that kind of Celtic style, whether it be the drums, the the, the guitars or stuff, but this is just so, just, this could be anybody, this could be Tyson Kidd, this could be Eli Cottonwood, it just screams FCW, really. Yeah, I mean, I'm very surprised they didn't go with the super Irish music right at the bat here, because... I mean, look, his name is Seamus O'Shaughnessy. He's got red hair, he's very pale, he wears the Celtic cross, and it's a post-Finley Hornswoggle world. Like, that is the perfect scenario for, you know, my name is Seamus, and I love to fight. But there's none of that here, and you really wouldn't expect that in WWE of all places, because, look, they love to smash that ethnic button with the music time and time again so yeah without it it's pretty strange there lee yeah and it, it's you know Seamus was probably relieved by that in in uh, some degree oh yeah really that he didn't have to be like the the guy that was going to come out with a leprechaun again yeah yeah i mean to be fair if i'm an irish wrestler and i want to be taken seriously and not get pigeonholed i'd probably not want the ultra stereotypical music because there's a big difference between you know becky lynch and her first NXT theme and gimmick with the Irish jig dancing and the green gear and the, you know, do 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 and all that. And later Becky Lynch, where she became a much bigger star with the more, 
you know, standard rock kind of theme. So, uh, yeah, I, I doubt Seamus was uh, cursing his luck at the lack of, uh, you know, Celtic jig music his first time around, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm sure he was happy just to be generic big guy that beat people up. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, uh, Blues Saraceno, I saw that name and I thought, that sounds kind of familiar. Where have I heard that before? He did the song Evil Ways, which was AJ Styles' theme in TNA in 2013 when he went all rogue and on his own and, you know, grew his hair out. same guy who did this one um and i'd say i prefer that aj theme over this one by a lot so uh you know the duality of man there lee i suppose you know there you go yeah, they, they can't all be hits no no <laughs> what's going on guys this is rich from the flagship podcast here on the voice of wrestling podcast network and i just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network it's eufy and let me tell you a little bit about their newest product the eufy video smart e 330. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell offering triple the security and triple the convenience. Instead of loading up your door with a bunch of different devices, you install one and it takes care of everything in a complete package. It's not just about the home security though. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. You can let each member of your family get a password. You can monitor their movement in and out of the house. You can keep an eye on your packages. You can check in on your house while you're away. There is so much you can do with this product. Best of all, it is easy to install and set up. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. Leave that drill in the toolbox. The Eufy has keyless entry, a 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, a rechargeable battery with a four month lifespan, two way audio from the lock, enhanced night vision, 24 seven customer support. And you'll love this. None of those pesky monthly fees. Eufy sent me a smart lock 330 and I've loved it so far. It allows me peace of mind when I'm at work or when I'm away on one of my patented vacations. Plus it helps me keep track of deliveries to the house, saves me a trip back to the car if I just need to run in for something and I forgot my keys and the two way audio system works well for those unwanted guests at my front door. No, I do not need new siding or windows or a roof. Thank you, though. You can simply tell them you aren't interested from the comfort of your couch. Now, are you ready to ditch the others and join the Eufy revolution? Of course you are. Get started today by searching Eufy Video Lock on your search engine of choice. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can finally, once and for all, gain complete control of your door. Once again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock ufiofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network so uh while in fcw seamus got a new theme song and uh, this would actually carry over to the main roster in 09 so from the ecw brand to raw beating cena for the belt and uh face turn and the brian squash at mania all that stuff up until 2015, so a good long while there. This is by Jim Johnston featuring Sean Jenis 
off of WWE The Music A New Day Volume 10. This is Written in My Face. So we can sit here and make the references to, you know, Too Many Limes and Lobster Head and all that fun stuff, but I gotta say, forget the memes. This song is a grade A certified banger. I loved it when it came out, I love it to this day, and it fits Seamus like a glove in terms of it being like this impactful rock song with the Celtic flavoring to it that isn't too over the top either. So it's a good mix as well. And again, I'm not Irish. But when that chorus hits, and it's like, oh, these words are true, and I'll make you believe. I'm like, yeah, Shamrocks, <laughs> Boxty, let's go. It's a, it's a great song lead for sure. I love it so much. Uh, yeah, listen, I love the song. This is shameless to me. This, this, this is his like iconic song for me. I know he's had um, Hellfire for for a little bit longer already, but um, this is the song that screams shameless. Like I. I love the drums in this. Like it's just the drums drive this song so well, and um, yeah, the, the, even the harmonies, like the ooh, it's just it just it makes you feel good listening to the song. You feel like alive, and uh, yeah, no, I love it. I love it just as much as you. I loved that at the time. I was disappointed when when he stopped using it, but I would love him to. I know they won't because it's a Jim Johnson song, but I'd love them to bring it back for even just the tail end of his career. Same, same. It's so good. And uh, the lyrics, you know, there's a real religious aspect to this song. I didn't fully realize until, like, just now. Lines like, you wear your sin like it's some kind of prize. I will see you ride it straight to hell. The whole second verse is like a biblical apocalypse. It's written in my face, in the shadows of my eyes. When the devil comes to call you, it breaks your earthly ties. The land will break and the seas will rise. The wind will rage as it burns up the sky. All your beliefs will be broken and fall on your final day, because I'll end it all. I mean, it's not like Seamus ever had a Father Ted gimmick, you know, <laughs> but still, the Celtic cross, Ireland's a very religious country, that probably inspired Jim Johnston to lean in that direction for this song, really. Oh, yeah, I can 100% believe that. And like you said, the, the lion, uh, Oh, these words are true, and I'll make you believe. Like that is absolutely something you could hear, like uh, an elderly nun say to you in, in mass in a, on a Sunday <laughs> morning. Um, yeah, like I can absolutely see Jim Johnson being inspired by by uh, that kind of the iconic iconography of uh, like Celtic crosses and stuff like that, and leaning into the kind of the religious side of things without being super specific either. 
Right, right. And uh, speaking of lyrics, I hate to spoil the fun here, but uh, the line is not lobster head. It's lost your head. <laughs> and um, as far as too many limes goes, again, it's not that either. It's too many lies. And if you listen to the song on its own, the word is clearly lies, not limes. But uh, I don't know. It makes for a fun meme, I guess. But uh, <laughs> um, but also, uh, to clear something else up, uh, Sean Jenis, he's a singer here. Again, not to spoil the fun, but that is not a real Irish accent he's doing. He's putting it on because... He also did the vocals for the Ted DiBiase, Cody Rhodes theme, Priceless. Yeah, priceless. Oh, baby, I'm priceless. There ain't no number by the power I possess. Oh, no. Oh, try this. Call me priceless. Yeah. All you little people can cast can buy happiness. Um, so he's from Boston. He probably is Irish by descent, but uh, yeah, he's he's not rocking the brogue in real life there, Lee, I'm sorry to say. I, I, I would love if the uh, accent he uses on Priceless wasn't his real accent either. And just kind of <laughs> leaned into that and nobody actually knows what this man sounds like for real. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, he does a, a quite believable. He does, has a nice Irish twang to him in the, when he's singing the song. So I'm not going to give him too much, uh, too much shit for putting on an Irish accent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the line he says isn't written in my face, it's written in me face. So, yeah. you know, he's got he's got that part down at least there, at least. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, one more thing I want to bring up about this one here. Uh, there was an unused version of this song uh, done by a different band later on. Uh, the band is called Flatfoot 56, and uh, they're a Celtic punk band. change up the rhythm and the tempo and uh, put a mandolin in there as well. It's a very interesting take on a song, while still being Celtic, of course, but um, I get that it may not have jived well with the presentation of the shows, so uh, they never used it. I don't know, Lee. Uh, I wasn't a fan at all. I, th I think it sounds like something you'd hear in a Guy Ritchie movie. <laughs> like, I, I think it's really, really, like, just kind of leans into the the folkiness of it. Like, it just, uh, I don't know. It, it just doesn't work for me at all. All right, to each their own, to each their own. Fair enough. <laughs> so uh, in April 2015, uh, Seamus returns from an injury with a new look and a new theme song. So R.I.P. written in my face, sadly. And um, Seamus would have this theme to this very day. He still has it. This is CFOs with Hellfire.
When it comes to the Gaelicness of Seamus' themes, uh, as the Big Show theme would say, it's time to crank it up. Because <laughs> before, with Written in My Face, you had the Irish accented vocals and the flutes at the beginning, but it was primarily a rock song. This one, yeah, it still got that heavy rock stuff driving the body of the song, but you've also got the bagpipes in there all throughout. You've got the drumming in there that kind of evokes like a, an Irish army in the march, perhaps. And at the time, you know, Seamus changed his look, where he now had the mohawk, the braided beard. So he did look like some, you know, ancient Celtic warrior dude. Um, you know, do I prefer Written in My Face over this one? Sure, but I think it still works for Seamus and this new spin of the character, Lee. Yeah, for sure. I, I love, like like I said, the the drums in Written in My Face are like the highlight for me. But I mean, the drums in this, they're just so, just heavy drums. The mar- You have the marching drum, then you have kind of have the heavy drum there in the background just constantly going. I, I do really like this as well. It's not as good as Written in My Face, but this is, yeah, this is just, this is just a good wrestling song. And I love that, like the, the the intensity of the marching beat, the marching drums in it. it like you, you get that, it, like matches the intensity that Seamus walks in the ring because he doesn't kind of leisurely stroll to the ring like some people. He has that kind of intensity to the way he walks, and the beat really just kind of matches and goes along with it. Mm-hmm. And this is when they gave him the new entrance too, with the lights going out during the intro and the build up with the drums. And then when it kicks in, this, you know, blinding white light comes on with Seamus doing the pose on the stage, which is funny because he's so pale, you can barely see him, which, you know, may have been the point, but, uh, but he says his catchphrase, which is, and I hope I get this right, Fach Balach. Did I get that right at all, Lee? Ah, uh, listen, I am not an Irish speaker, so you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> never mind then, never mind, never to mind. Me, to me, Seamus' uh, catchphrase is fella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but that, is, uh, that is Gaelic for clear the way, which is an old Irish battle cry. So, again, leading more into the Gaelic side of things, not just with music, but with the look, the entrance, the catchphrase, all that stuff, really. Yeah, and it... Listen, it's something that I think will always work to a broader audience where, you know, sometimes Irish people and kind of Scottish people might roll their eyes at the kind of Celtic and Gaelic stuff, but it will always have an appeal to people outside of that circle. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And uh, like I said earlier, he's kept it to this day, you know, not just as a singles guy, but with the bar tag team with Cesaro and uh, now with the Brawling Brutes and all that. So, um, yeah, it's one of the few CFOs themes that are still around today, I'm not going to wood. And um, it's funny, you can criticize CFOs for the loops or whatever, but uh, this is still a much more recognizable song than a lot of the ones in WWE nowadays, Lee, that's for sure. Yeah, I think in spite of it being a loop, I think just the way it's it's designed, it doesn't feel like it's on a loop. It just kind of keeps going and going and going and kind of building. And it it just works as, as a song. Mm-hmm, for sure, for sure. So the final theme here is a stable theme that Seamus had for a little bit from late 2015 to 2016. The stable was Seamus, Alberto Del Rio, Rusev, and King Barrett. Yes, it's the League of Nations. Who could ever forget the League of Nations or their theme song? This is by CFOs, and it's called A League of Their Own.
hey, wait a minute, where is Gina Davis? Where is Tom Hanks and Lori Petty and Madonna and all the rest? Um, yeah, to be honest, I'd rather talk about the movie, A League of Their Own, than the song A League of Their Own, or The League of Nations in general, really, because, honestly, who cares about either of those things? The song is, you know, it's fancy procession music that you would have for, like, heads of state. So, you know, League of Nations, I get it. You can't really focus on one nation over another, so it has to be, like, a, a non-specific, you know, kind of, quote-unquote, global sound. I get all that, but... At the same time, I don't care, because I don't care about the League of Nations either, which, given most of the talent in that group, that's pretty impressive to make me not care about them, but here we are, Lee. Yeah, it was just, they were thrown together, they were given a thrown together song, and they just never, they never really felt accepted and kind of worth investing time in, and the song just really didn't help that aspect either. Um now look everyone everyone loves the lads it was just that one of one of the lads just didn't really fit either <laughs> um, and was never very popular um but yeah look it's it's very forgettable um you have like the the triumphant trumpets mixed in you have kind of in the background you have the little bit of marching drums again this time it just it didn't work it didn't suit any of the guys in the group either it just it was just very ill taught out i think Mm -hmm. yeah i mean they were just put together to be fodder for roman reigns that was pretty much it um it was like the scene in rick and morty with the butter robot what is my purpose you dropped a roman oh my god like that was it pretty much (laughs) and literally everyone involved with the group was like this was a bad idea it didn't go anywhere it was just to be foils for roman and put him over including seamus who by the way won the world title during this time period but, of course, he dropped it back to Roman soon afterwards. So, yeah, no one has any good memories of the group, the song, all of it, really. So, I guess this theme being so generic and forgettable is a good thing, because we should want to forget about it all, Lee. How about that? <laughs> uh, I think that's fair enough. I don't think anyone will ever think too fondly of this era of uh, WWE. And this is just something else that should be consigned to history and never thought about. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening, and Lee, thank you again. As always, an absolute pleasure whenever you're on here. And uh, how about this? Next time you're on, we'll take a break from all things Ireland. How about that? <laughs> I, I think that's fair enough. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I will absolutely love to come back again. Of course, for sure. Um, any plugs you want to give? Go right ahead. Uh, yeah, you mentioned that at the top of the show, Days of Thunder here on the VOW Podcast Network every second Thursday we drop a new episode covering WCW Thunder and WCW pay-per-views during the Thunder era it's a a very fun show even if the show, the episodes of Thunder aren't very fun, we do our best to uh, give some light entertainment to the listeners and we also have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash WCW Thunderpod where we do things like um Days of Thunder at the Movies, where we cover movies featuring wrestlers. We do drafts. We do. Um, we have a series looking back at every Clash of the Champions called Rehash of the Champions. And yeah, we have many, many more things over there at uh, patreon.com forward slash WCW Thunderpod. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's WCW Thunderpod. And you can follow me on Twitter at Malone underscore 713. I ask you this every time you come on here, but uh, where in the timeline are you on Days of Thunder? 
We are up to the run-up to Slamboree 1999. And let me tell you, <laughs> it's right at the uh, precipice of going down to the very bottom of the hill because Vince Russo isn't here yet, but oh boy, are things getting bad. Um, Ric Flair is just about to enter the insane asylum, so that'll give you an oh, idea. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's not good. That's not good. I, I'd say it gets better, but we all know it doesn't, unfortunately. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's a long, slow descent into the depths of hell, my friend. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I was informed on the Discord that the next episode of Nitro has two world title changes. So yeah. Oh, goody. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, when you get to 2000, there's one like every four days or whatever. So look forward to that, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, Jeff Jarrett always wins, even when he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And Music of the Mat is, of course, part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network, just like Days of Thunder. You can find all the great shows on there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord for all discussions and comments. VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Donate for any donations. Uh, just click the big Donate button beneath the name Music of the Mat. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. And of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Uh, Lee, thank you again, and I'll see you around. Thank you, Andrew. Pleasure being here. Hopefully back soon. All right, for Lee Malone, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.